Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am so glad for the love of God. With loving kindness have I drawn thee. With love I will sustain thee. And love is what's going to save me. I'm so glad for the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thank God for the Spirit of God that is working on the inside of me. <laughs> you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You have your own testimony. But I'm so glad for what God has done for me and what he's doing in my life. So glad for the pastor and his wife and the pastor allowing me the opportunity to come up here and just to share this moment with you in presenting the word of God. Amen. So glad for the people of God. Amen. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Sometimes you can run into people and, you know, you'll find that love is conditional. It's based upon the circumstance. If you treat people right, then maybe they'll love you. But that's not the type of love we're talking about. It's the love of Jesus that in spite of where you are, in spite of what you have done, his love still rem Somebody don't believe this today, but I'm here to tell you right now that God's love can meet you where you're at. It doesn't matter how low you feel like you are. God's love can reach down to the lowest point and pull your own up. I'm so glad for the love of Jesus. Do you feel that way today? Come on and give God praise one more time in this place. Hallelujah. So glad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for your love, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I just want to take a moment of your time to share what I believe God has put in my heart. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And if you have it, say amen. Amen. I'm going to switch mics here. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Thank you. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. John chapter 10, verse 10. Amen. Do you have it? <clears throat> the Bible says, The thief cometh not, this is Jesus talking, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief's intent is to come and to rob you, to kill you, and to destroy you. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I just want to speak to you for a moment just on the topic living but without life. Living but without life. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word and may it sink down in our hearts and our souls. God bless you. You may be seated just for a moment. Pray for me as I endeavor to present the word of God this morning. We find, we know that in the beginning, the Bible lets us know that man became a living soul before that that corpse ever was functional. It took the breath of God, breathing life into the nostrils of man. And we know that the Bible lets us know that because he did that, we became living beings. Thank God that he allowed us to live. Amen. And so from that time, can you imagine the perfect relationship that Adam and Eve had before death was ever introduced? Every day and all the things that they had access to, God told them, he says, all these things are for you. And you only have one rule to follow, and that's to abstain from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all you got to do, Adam and Eve. Just don't touch this tree. And I don't know how long they had that relationship with God before they made the decision that they made. But what we do know is that at some point in time, they lost out on their connection with God because they took the time to go against the command of God. When God told them not to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we know that the act of disobedience was the essence of sin in their lives. And that was the introduction of sin in our world today. Do you not understand that there was something more that God was telling them? It wasn't just a matter of a physical death, but what he wanted them to know, the day that you eat thereof, he says, you shall surely die. Adam and Eve did not have a clear comprehension on what that really meant because death was not a factor. But the moment they disobeyed, you've got to understand it wasn't just about the physical being, but there was a spiritual disconnection. And because of that disconnection, it caused our society to be in the condition that it's in today. That is why it doesn't matter if you sin or not. The Bible lets us know all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Please understand that because you were born, you already incurred the nature of sin. But I've come to let you know that that's not the way God intended for it to remain. That's why God had a plan. And if you look throughout the scriptures, you'll find that his plan was being unraveled throughout the whole time. When we talk about the plan of salvation, it wasn't just a one moment thing. But it was all throughout the scriptures, throughout the Old Testament, they were prophesying about something greater that was coming. And when Jesus arrived on the scene, one of the things he told us, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The disconnection because of sin drove us away from God. And if you look throughout time, you'll find out that generation after generation, man just got further and further away from God. And today, we've got a generation of society that we live in. And people have become so convinced about what life is all about. 
What type of car I drive and what type of house I live in. What's my position and what title do I have to my name? If I can be popular and famous. If I can build my bank account, financial security, and all these things that people incur, what you possess and what you achieve in life, you can be anything you want to be. That's what the world tells us. The world tells us life is what you make it. The world also tells us you only live once, so live life to its fullest. But there is something that you need to understand about that statement because, yes, indeed, you only live once. But can I tell you that life is not just restricted to this earthly side? Issue for a lot of people, they, once you die, that's just it. And some folks believe there's nothing after death. But I'm here to let you know right now that there's something more important than just existing on the earthly side. See, to live, there's, it is possible to live and not be connected to the source of life. That's what we're getting at. You got a lot of folks that are living, but the Bible lets us know that they are dead to Christ. Can I tell you something? Every time, every moment that you live in sin, please hear me today. Every moment that you live in sin and you don't choose to come out, you are on borrowed time. God is not obligated to give you that next moment of life. He's not obligated to do that. But he gives it to us. Can you imagine every breath that I breathe when I inhale and I exhale? That's borrowed time when I'm living in sin. I'm already deteriorating spiritually. It's just a matter of time. But what I like about the word of God is he doesn't leave us in a hopeless state. God knew the condition of the world and he's looking at the world today. And some folks in this place right now, you are in a state, in a condition, you really don't want to be there, but you're trying to figure out how to come out. You've been trying to live life to its fullest. You've been trying to enjoy life. Some folks, they're so busy pursuing after careers and trying to build money. You're chasing after everything else, trying to live life in a fulfilled way. Don't you know and understand that the only way you're going to live life in a fulfilled way is to connect with the source of life, and that is Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. The Bible lets us know that heaven and earth shall pass away. But what my word will not pass away. Now, here's something that's interesting. When you look at the word of God, the Bible lets us know in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. We understand that, right? And we understand that there is life in the word of God. Amen? In him was life and the life was the light of men. Then the Bible lets us know that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You want to know how to live life in a fulfilled way? I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what type of vehicle you drive. I don't care what type of house you live in. The only way you're going to get fulfillment in this life is to connect with Jesus Christ because in him is life. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. And too many folks are living on this cycle of life. 
like a hamster wheel. Just keep repeating the same things and you feel like you're getting somewhere. Please understand the enemy will, will loosen the tension on the leash just a little bit to let you feel like you're getting somewhere. But after a while, he's going to pull that back to let you know who owns you. But at some point, you got to make up in your mind, I'm tired of living in the same cycle. I'm tired of getting ahead and taking five steps and having to take three steps back. That is not the life that God desired for you to live. Folks are so scared now to leave their home and go do certain activities that they normally did because of everything that's going on in society. They're troubled. Don't have a peace of mind. You got folks that can't sleep. Can't rest. They're destitute. They're in sorrow. That's the only thing that they have to live toward. And please understand, when you look at these folks that's out there and they're getting strung out on alcohol, Drugs, addicted to tobacco, pornography, fornicating. You've got all these people, prostitutes, murderers, gang members. You've got all these people out there. Do you know that there's one thing that they all have in common? They're trying to find a better way to live. But it's not the tangible and the material things that's going to bring life to you. This stuff won't last. But if you want to live life, if you want to be fulfilled in life, then you got to connect with Jesus Christ. How do I do that? First thing that the Bible lets us know in Acts 2.38, we was talking about it. The first thing Peter told him to do was to repent. For those who believe that repentance was just for that, that one time of it when, you know, plan of salvation or getting that new birth. No, repentance is an ongoing thing. If there's something that's not right in your life, it's time to get it right. Repentance is the initial act of reconciliation with God. But you got to make that decision. You got to figure out in your mind if, if, if you're going to continue to live the life that you're living. You, are you okay with being disappointed every time you turn around? You okay with every time you work extra hours on that job and you're not even worried about connecting with God, but you're just trying to make ends meet, making more money, and you still don't don't seem to have enough. Is that okay with you? See, everything in the things of God is not material and tangible. Now, God does give some tangible blessings, and those are great. But in those moments when life gets heavy, money can't buy you the peace that you need. But the Bible says he'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Money can't buy you that joy when you're looking around and everything else just makes you want to cry. Money can't buy it. He says, but I want to put my joy in you. I want to make sure that my, your joy is full. The only way your joy is going to be full is if you are living in me. The Bible lets us know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You want those things, then you're going to have to connect with God. Jesus Christ is the source of life. All of this life that you see right now on this earth is running out. Time is running out. 
You cannot consume yourself with everything that's on this earth and think that that's all there is to life. There is a whole lot more to life. There's coming one day when we're all going to stand before the righteous judge and he's going to look at us and he's going to determine where we are going to spend eternity. Can I clarify something? You got a lot of folks that give life a bad name. Well, it's just a bad life. I, you know, I just got a bad life. Life itself is not bad. There's nothing wrong with life itself. It's how we live life. It's the choices we make in life. You know, I'm so sick and tired of people blaming God for the stuff, the mess that they're in. God is not the reason why you're in the mess that you're in. You made the decision to be there. You have nobody to blame but yourself. But please understand, you don't have to beat yourself up. God has made a way so you can come out of the mess that you're in. At some point, you got to make up in your mind, I'm tired of living this way. I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks of me. I'm ready to come out of this mess and actually connect with life. I'm tired of just surviving and just making it through. I want to live life. And that's what the world is encouraging people to do, to try to live life to its fullest. But the problem is they're not connected to the source of life. Can I tell you something? I looked up just a little bit, try to do a little research, and just identify some things that happens with the body when you die or as you're dying. And it talks about... The different things that are taking place, how the brain shuts down. Now, understand that all these things I'm mentioning happens after you have taken your last breath. The brain is shutting down. The heart stops pumping blood. And then there is a certain cycle. There's a certain moment where even the muscles will tense up after you have already given your last breath. Because of things that are going on inside of the body. The body is going through the process of decomposition. But your muscles and your tissues and and all those things that are inside your body are still doing things to make that happen. Even though there's no breath in your body. What am I saying? Somewhere along the line, we've got to open our eyes and realize, where are we standing? Are we living zombies? spiritually are we walking zombies now i know people have seen that little the movie you know about the walking dead and all that other stuff and how crazy that mess is but that's how it is spiritually folks are walking around dead i'm just trying to tell you you don't have to live life that way do you want life If God presented himself right now to you and said, at this very moment, I'm ready to take you. Ask yourself the question, am I ready to go? Because one of the things he promises us is eternal life. If you look through the book of Revelation, you can look through the Gospels. And it'll tell you the end time, the things that's coming in the end times. Now, it's not enough to die once, but if you die in sin, you've got a second death. I don't want to die two times. Once is enough. Amen. You got folks that's already worried and, you know, worried sick about just dying from this, this life. 
So then why won't you invest your time and your energy connecting with the source of life to make sure you don't have to die that second death? You know what I love about God? He, he's, he's done just like he's been doing from day one. In the garden, he told them, he, he says, listen, this is, this, is, this is the condition. All you have to do. First, he told them what was available to them. This is everything that's available to you. And the only thing you have to do is keep away from this. And like I always say, you know, I just, I really believe it wasn't so much the tree itself, but it was a matter of following what God had told them to do. Some folks are so convinced you live in this life and you're just convinced that, oh, well, you know, this is not really bad. That's not bad. Some things may not be bad in and of itself, but if God is calling you from it, I can tell you a couple of times in my life where God has dealt with me on certain things. I've, I've mentioned it many times before. This has been years ago. I have no issues with genes. I don't. There's nothing that I, that, I, that I know of in the Bible that talks about or talks against genes. But I know for me, what God told me, how he convicted me. Now, I had a choice to make. I could either obey or I could reject what God was saying. Well, no big deal. It's just a pair of clothes. It's just clothes. What's the big deal? What's the big deal over me wearing jeans? It's not a big deal to anybody else. But for me, my soul is at stake over those jeans. Because God told me not to wear them anymore. Now, see, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm here to let you know this is this is the attitude sometimes that we take with God. When God is calling you out of something or calling you apart from something, you're going to look at God and have the audacity to tell him what's okay and what's acceptable. When God has said, I have I'm doing this for you. I'm trying to take care of you. I'm calling you out from this because I care about you. If you don't come from this, this is this could be the very thing that keep you out of heaven. Now, what I found out, Pastor, is that if you love Jesus, it doesn't matter what God is calling you away from. I've said this many times to my wife before. If God even told me to give up music, I'll give it up if that's what you want, Lord. I'm not that attached to anything in this life that I can't give it up for the glory of God. Because at the end of the day, that's the source of my life. I lose my job, that don't mean I lose my connection with God. I lose my relationship with on this earth with friends and maybe some loved ones or whatever, but that does not dictate my connection with God. I'm so thankful that God has brought me where he's brought me to. But it took a willingness on my part to stay connected to him. I am the man who I am today and living the life that I, and I'm going to tell you something. I told my wife this last night. I said, there is no reason, brothers and sisters, that we should ever get to the point where we're frustrated doing anything for God. No reason. If I'm frustrated doing the things of God and I've got a question, 
where do I really stand? Where's my heart? Some folks, we talked about humility this morning. Some folks don't come before God with humility. Can you imagine somebody coming in your house and telling you where you need to keep your ketchup? How you need to set your table? This is the fragrance you need to use in your house. Now, ladies, y'all know we don't play with fragrances. Man, if somebody came in there and touched your tools and tell you where to, how to put your tools and how to organize them. I don't know. If any man, now, you know. <laughs> if you're a man that has tools, I'm going to just put it like that. If you're a man that keeps tools, you like to fix things. There's not one man that I know that's okay with some other man coming in their house and just rearranging their tools. Huh? Amen? So why do I say that? It's the same principle when you go in the house of God, when you enter in a relationship with God, and you're going to tell God how it ought to be set up. One thing I love about God, he don't play. And the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. We change. <laughs> times pass and, you know, things, new things come up and we think God ought to be with the times. We treat God like a fashion. Amen. See, I know some folks looking for the hype and all that, but this is some real stuff, y'all. Time is running out, and you got folks that just convince. And can I say this? If you're one of those ones that's just complacent in life, I'm comfortable. I don't feel like going nowhere, doing nothing else. I don't need to grow no more. I don't need to go no further. Can I give you a reality check? The whole reason why we still exist is because there is a purpose. Well, when you walk away from that purpose, you walk away from your own meaning in life. You lose definition when you live outside of your purpose. Y'all all right? Hopefully some are uncomfortable. When I hear words like this, it makes me uncomfortable. Because, you know, God is calling us to something. It's easy to look at the things in life and get real comfortable and think, well, I got my place, I got my house, my bills are paid, you know. It's, it's really all about me. I can remember a time where I had a decision, an important decision I had to make. And I can remember how hard it was as I was faced with that choice. And I just kept saying, Lord, you, you, you tell me, you lead me, you guide me. And eventually he gave, he gave me an answer. I really didn't know which direction to take, but he gave me an answer. And I said, okay, God, that's what I'll do. And sometimes those decisions are not popular. Anybody that don't mind standing on your own? 
you don't have to like me, but at the end of the day, you're not the one I'm going to be standing in front of trying to see if I'm going to make it in. And while I'm on that subject, let's stop killing one another. Folks so quick to put people in hell and heaven. You don't know what type of lifestyle they live and what type of connection they have with God. That's not your job. Is this all right, Pastor? Sometimes the enemy don't have to do the murdering. We picking up his tools and doing it for him. Folk can't get out the church good and ready to talk about somebody because they don't like something that they did. You need to keep your mouth closed and then get on your knees and call out to God. Because God deals with the heart of the matter. Amen? Well, you know what? I, I know it's not popular. I'm okay with it. I, I struggle with this. I said, okay, God, you know, I'm, uh, I want to go a different route. But God says, I want my people to live. But in order to, in order to live, you got to separate yourself from the earthly things and get connected to the source of life. And there are some things that are getting in the way. There are some things that are causing a disconnection. All it took was one fruit in the Garden of Eden. Some of us can't get past our emotions. We're talking about we going to heaven and we're too emotional, unpredictable. Can't stay saved because we got too many emotions evolved, involved in the situation. Happy one moment, bitter the other. You know, God don't work in emotions. He can govern the emotions. But God doesn't work in the volatility of emotions. When he says joy, that's not happiness. I hear a lot of folks equate joy with happiness. But if that's the case, then joy ain't really that good. Because there's some moments I ain't happy. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. Even when I'm not happy, even when things ain't going right, I still got joy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, glory to God. I may not understand every situation that's going on. Sometimes it just seems like it's a whirlwind, but he still gives me peace. That peace that passeth all understanding. God wants you to live and the way you live. If you've received the Holy Ghost, but if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, that's something that is for you. God has it for you. You need to know that. The enemy has convinced so many people, well, it's just unattainable. I can't get it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't you believe that mess from the enemy? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. That is a promise. We just read the scripture earlier today. He says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Point to yourself and say, that applies to me. You better believe it. That applies to me. You got to stake your claim in that and know that God did not intend for you to die. But he intended for you to live. 
You're going to have that eternal life. Then you've got to connect with Jesus Christ. And for those of you who have been saved for any length of time, you've received the Holy Ghost. That's great. That's powerful. That's necessary. But it doesn't just end at that very moment. You can walk out from God at any point in time after that and you still become disconnected from the source of life. What it took for you to get life is the same thing it's going to take for you to keep life. The Bible says walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice what it said. You got to walk in the spirit. You know what that means? That means you got to take action. So when you get an opportunity, pick up the word of God. Folks looking for all this, you know, theophanies and everything else. It just, you know, God just revealed, just send me 10 angels and, you know, read the word. Sometimes all it takes is one word. But you're walking in it. Moments you get an opportunity, just start praying. Nobody's saying you got to have an hour, two hour long prayer. There are sometimes I'm walking in my house and I'm minding my business and I just get the urge to say, Lord, I thank you so much. I just appreciate you, God, for what you've done. It's nothing specific. I just want to say thank you, God. Lord, keep me. Search me. There are moments, just sporadic moments, if I'm at work or driving in my car, search me, Lord. Purge me. If there's anything that you find in me that's not pleasing to you, God, I need you to keep on working on me. Woo! Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence, God, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You're walking in it. When you get an opportunity, God starts giving you something. You start calling somebody else and encouraging them. Sometimes I just call somebody else. God will lay them on my heart and I call them. By the time the conversation is done, I feel edified. I feel encouraged. You're walking in it. Now I started up here, but look at where I'm at. I done made some progress because I'm walking in the spirit. Some folks beat themselves up so much because you don't feel like you're where somebody else should be. You looking at the pastor, the pastor's been living this for quite a while. You looking at other people that's, you know, sanctified people, people that's shouting, and you say, man, I wish I had it like that. Why don't you just focus on what God is giving you and walk in that? See, that's the trick of the enemy to get you focused on the wrong things because that's what's going to keep you separated. But when you start focusing on what God has given you, Man, I may not be able to recite every scripture like the pastor, but one thing for sure, I can say Jesus wept. That's a scripture. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in his... I got another one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only... I got another one. Woo! After a while, you find yourself... A whole lot further than where you started. I will never forget climbing Mount Fuji. That experience to me was just, it really spoke volumes. Because I, there were many times, I had to stop quite a few times toward the top. Toward the top. (laughs) 
There wasn't no joke. But every moment that I stopped, and, and I, I, I really, this is, this is how it hit me. This is what occurred to me as I was climbing. They had stopping points, and you could kind of rest. And they would tell you, you know, they told us, our group, they said, you can stop at any time and, you know, head back down the trail. So I had that in my mind. But every resting point I would get there and I would, you could kind of look down and, you know. And I would look and I would say, well, I'm not too far from the bottom where I started. But I used to be down there. Maybe I can make it a little bit further. So I would put my energy to get myself together and go ahead and climb a little bit further. And then I would get up to the next level and I look down and say, well, that's the resting point I was at. I can't even see where I started because I'm looking at the clouds now. That part tripped me out. <laughs> but each time, I mean, it got to a point where almost every corner seemed like I had to stop. And I'm watching little kids just zoom on by me. I got people, I thought this now, this wasn't the case, but it just played in my head like this. I thought I saw old people with their little IV bags going up past me. I said, man, I thought I was in shape. Ran out of water. Still got a little bit more to go. And that's how it is in this life sometimes. You're traveling, you're going along, and if you don't have the right things, the enemy can cause you to be destroyed. Notice what he says. The enemy, the thief, that's the enemy, that's Satan. His intent is to steal. Steal what? Steal your focus away from the truth. Away from the source of life. That's what he did with Eve. He had to get her to divert her attention and her focus. Then he wants to kill your relationship with God. See, by virtue of you being created, the Bible lets us know we were created in the image of God. We have an upper hand on the enemy already because who were we who we were patterned after? And man, if we just get connected with him, oh, well, that's a threat to the enemy. You you got to realize, you know, I I'll say this. I, I'm almost done, y'all. I, I don't want to hold up too much time, but my mom, she, you know, I love her. And she probably, she'll probably laugh if, if she was here, me telling this story. But she used to always wake me up after I go to bed and, you know, she'd see these cockroaches crawling around and she would wake me up to go kill them. And <laughs> when I got older, I realized those insects are more afraid of you then you are of them. Uh, my mom would almost break her neck running from them things. We laugh at it now. But can you think about it? You got some folks running from the enemy. You don't even realize the potential 
your life has the threat that it has on the enemy. He's more afraid of you. You running because you're afraid of everything he's throwing your way, but he's throwing those things your way to keep you convinced that you're not who God has already created you to be. And he knows if you could get a hold of that and you can make that connection, my God. You got to listen to some of these people that have been through some things. You know, everybody didn't start off saved. You got a lot of people that came from different places. Alcoholics that God took the taste of alcohol out their mouth. Those who was addicted to smoking and tobacco products and God took that taste out of their mouth and delivered them. Fornicators that just couldn't keep themselves to themselves, but yet God came and turned their lives around. And because God did it, these are the same folks that's going out and sharing it. One of the most fulfilling things I find in life, because what God has done in me, first of all, you know, if I don't have any music, if I don't have, sometimes it's just the move of God. We're driving on the way, you know, on the way to church this morning. We didn't have no music right away, but I could just feel the spirit of God just moving. I just, mm. That's that life, y'all. That's what the world is looking for. One of the most fulfilling things I have found in life is God begins to deal with, you know, he begins to deal with me. I have an urge to go and share with someone else. God, you have given me life. See, you can't share something you don't have. I talked to a young lady the other day, and she was talking about how she was pursuing and reading. You know, she's doing her, her, her reading daily challenge and so on and so forth, but she don't have the Holy Ghost. She's not in church. She's not being fed spiritually. I mean, she's reading. And I told her, I said, that's great that you're, you know, you're reading the 40-day. That's great. I'm not going to take that away from you. But if you really want to grow, if you really, really, I know what you're doing. You're hungry because you want life. But you're going to have to make up in your mind whether or not you're going to give your life to Christ for him to fill you with that life. You can't do it on your own terms. None of us can. We're nothing without him. But the Bible lets us know we can do all things through Christ, which gives us the strength. The message is this. God did not create us just to exist in this life. God did not create us just to fend for ourselves and figure out how much we can achieve and obtain in this life. And that's our only focus. I have nothing against the material things. You know, if people, if you got stuff that you achieve, that's great. Please understand that. That's great. If you've got things, you know, you achieved, you got somewhere, that's, that's good. God has allowed you to have that. But understand where it came from. And because God has allowed us to have those things, you need to stay connected to him. Because that's the best thing you can enjoy in this life. When you lose those other things, houses burn down, cars get stolen and vandalized. Friendships end, relationships, marriages end, people walk in and out of your life, 
People will disappoint you. All these things will happen in this life. Terrorism, you've got all kinds of things that are happening today. That's bringing fear and trouble to people's lives. But if you are connected to the source of life, you won't be shaken by any of these things. If you have much, you're all right. If you don't have anything, you still have something. And that's your connection to the source of life. Can you stand? Bottom line. It's not enough to just focus on this life. It's not enough. Can I tell you something? Some people are on the verge. You are making a decision. God has been reaching out to you. He's been pulling your heart. And you have been so caught up on something in this life that you're not willing to let go. And you will never come to the point of experiencing what God has for you if you're not willing to let that go. Some of you in here, you know what I'm talking about. You know I'm talking to you. You have some things in your heart. You have some attachments in your life that you need to let go of. Some things you you don't try to figure out how to incorporate it as God makes the change. God is not about to make the change you want until you let go what God told you to let go of. You want life? You can't have it on your own terms. Now, God allows you to make the choice that you want to make. But at the end of the day, what's more important, brothers and sisters? What is it on this life, in this life that's so important that would cause you to miss out on what God has for you? The fulfillment that God has for you. The abundance, he didn't say, you know, I came that you might just survive. He said, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. Death is not a factor when you're connected to the source of life. Guess what? When Jesus Christ gave his life, he first of all, he told us, he said, I laid it down. Ain't nobody just took it from me. I laid it down and I took it back up when I was ready. But when I got up, I just wanted y'all to know, y'all see these keys right here? (laughs) Death, hell, and the grave, they all belong to me. Death can't do nothing to you unless I allow it. The grave can't hold you down. (laughs) But if you want that life, You're going to have to connect to the source. And in order to connect with that source, you have to decide in your mind and in your heart, God, whatever is in my life that's keeping me from you, that has caused me to become disconnected from you, I'm willing to get rid of that. I'm willing to turn from that and turn toward you. It's that easy. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. Maybe you don't even have a connection with God, but you are looking to connect with God. You're looking for something that you never had in your life before. Maybe you thought you were somewhere. But you come to the realization that 
there's more that you need. And, and there are some things that you do need to give up. Wherever you are, whatever your situation is, I'm encouraging you to take this opportunity. Don't leave here in the same condition that you came in. Don't leave here with that same weight and that same baggage. Those things that you're holding on to, that's not even that was not even meant for you. You took it upon yourself to get that, but God is saying, hand that over to me. I got something better for you. That little thing that you thought was valuable. Oh, I've got something greater for you. You want to trade it in? If I stood here today right now and I told you I had $5,000 and you only had $5 left and I said, I'm going to trade you. And I'm going to give you $5,000 for your $5. I know there would not be anybody in here that would reject that offer. You might, you might be trying to figure out what the catch is. And that's just, that's just a reflection of where we are as humanity. And that's how we treat God. What's the catch, Lord? Where's the strings that are attached? That there's no strings with him. He's saying, I just want to take that little thing that you thought was helping you out. This is the very thing that's holding you back. And I want to bring you somewhere further. I want to give you something greater. I want you to have a better experience. I want you to live life abundantly, not just surviving. I don't want you to go through the same cycles over and over again. I don't want you to go through the same disappointments over and over again. You've given your heart to so many things and you've found yourself still empty. He says, but I want to fill you up. If you believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Y'all are waiting for music, but whether we have music or not, that doesn't matter. Where's your mind? This is not a formality. This could be your last moment, and God is calling out to you, and you're playing with time. God says, I love you. And I've got greater things in store for you. Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the things that I prepared for you. What's the decision going to be? You're going to settle? Or are you going to let God take what you've been trying to hold on to and let him give you something greater? Come on, people of God. We need to start calling out to him. There are some hearts in here. Maybe you're where you're supposed to be, and that's great. But you need to start calling out on behalf of our brothers and sisters. There's some folks in here whose hearts have been trapped, have been captured by the things of this life. You're sitting there right there in the valley of decision, and you know it, and you're not willing to give yourself over to Christ. You're not hurting man. You're hurting yourself. You're robbing yourself, and you're allowing the enemy to keep you from what God has for you. Come on, make that decision today. There's an old song that says, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus just now.